All right. Welcome back to the Outdoor Adventures podcast. I have in the studio my dad, Bob Williams. Thanks for coming on, dad. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And Dylan uh, is getting ready for John's wedding. So he uh, bowed out this weekend. You know, we all have normal lives. And then when you tell people, hey, I need you to, we record on the weekends. So, hey, get up at five o'clock in the morning, meet me at the recording studio for four hours. Sometimes, you know, that doesn't work for people. Oh, yeah. Things change, too. Yeah, and I had some backup co-hosts today with the kids, but they neither of them could rally this morning. So we just (laughs) got back from vacation, and they definitely wanted to sleep in. So uh, today we're going to talk about your moose hunting trip and also maybe some other hunting stuff as we go along. But, you know, I'll set the stage a little bit here, and you can kind of fill in the details that I don't know correctly. But just from talking to you about this previously... You were hunting in the Williams Lake area in British Columbia, Canada, and the research I've done, elevation there is like 2,000 feet, and um, the predator control has been so good that they still have a really high success rate in moose hunting now, currently, in 2023, and you can buy a moose hunt from an outfitter there that right now the average cost is 7000 to 9000 to go on a moose hunt in that area. Wow. But what I, the research I did looked like most people take people into the Caribou Mountain Range, which is 11,535 feet in elevation, the mountain range, you know, mm-hmm. probably at the peak, and about 3,000 square miles so of territory. Yeah. So it's a big, big country. Mm. And I wanted to, you know, we'll get into that a little deeper and you can give us your memories of what the country was like. Oh, yeah. But my understanding was Uncle Joey, so mom's brother... Uh, had booked this trip through like Outdoor Life or something. Is that right? I'm not sure what he booked it through, but him and Mike booked it. So. Found, found the 1-800 number or something and booked yeah. this trip. And then he unexpectedly passed away. And he yep. died in, I think, 1980? Because I was born in 79. I thought he died right before my first birthday or something. Yeah, yeah, Eight, 1980. So he passed away in 1980. So this trip was shortly after him, him passing maybe a year later or something. Yeah. About a year later. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously tragic event in the, in the life of the family and to, you know, lose somebody that young, but you and uncle Mike decided to go out on this trip. And so, and you, you know, from talking to you yesterday about this, you didn't have anything really ready to go. You know, you were Oh no. You were getting going as you were going, it sounded like. Well, yeah, I didn't even have a rifle. <laughs> and uh so so Joe, Mike's dad, my uh father-in-law, said, "Here, you can use this 308." So I took the 308 and uh Mike mm-hmm. Mike actually picked me up in a camper. So my uncle Mike, my mom's other brother, picked up dad from our house yeah and where we living on okay so we were living out in the country then and i was not well maybe close to two or two and a half or something right in there yeah yeah and so and you didn't have the other seth wasn't around yet but mom could have been pregnant with seth do you think yeah it's possible so you're like hey honey uh yeah you got a a little one and you're pregnant but i'm gonna go head on this moose hunt with your brother (laughs) yeah i'm heading to canada (laughs) yeah yeah. So you guys yeah. drove. Yeah, we drove the whole way. Yeah. So you had to get on some ferries and do all that. Yeah. 
So anyway, so he gets us 308, and it was an open sight 308, so no scope. And, you know, on the way there, Mike's telling you you're going to be on horseback. Right. He Well, he said that when he picked me up. He said, we're going to be on horses. I said, oh, he said, you're going to need a scabbard. And I said, well, I don't really have a scabbard. I didn't even have a rifle that yeah. would be suitable. So I grabbed a chunk of carpet, shag green carpet. Yeah, he brought it into the studio. We'll get a photo of it. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> I mean, it's 40-some grabbed- years old, so. <laughs> a needle and thread. And so I'm sewing the scabbard while he's driving so I can put the rifle in it so so I can mount it on the horse. And that's the way that went. And what did you have for gear? I mean, were you blue jeans and flannels and a homemade knitted hat or something? Yeah, it was basic stuff like that. We just took off, really. I just grabbed whatever clothes I had and we took off. Yeah, you didn't have... Because I figured we were in a camper. It can't be too bad. Yeah, True. And but it was cold. I mean, the eggs froze solid in the camper, so it wasn't like it was warm. Yeah. So, and I'm imagining you were sleeping on the way there. It was probably, what, a two- to three-day drive? Or? It was quite a drive, yeah. 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 And so you get to Williams Lake, British Columbia. You meet these guys. I'm assuming they met you in town or something and then took you? Or? Not in town. We mm-hmm. met them out in their residence, or okay. out in the bush somewhere. And they were Native American guides. Yeah. You had to have a guide to hunt in this area. So, And uh, we got out there, and they, the thing is they double booked. So we were supposed to go with Gus, but he had to get his uh, nephew to come in and take, take one of the groups, which was us. So Danny was his name, and he took us. Okay, so your guide was Danny, and you just had one guide and two hunters, basically. Yes. Okay. And then are you still using Mike's camper at that time or are you using their their rig? No, we're using Mike's camper. We pull that into the bush and uh, they had a tent set up there for the guide for Danny. And so he was there. And when we first pulled in there, here comes this buckboard uh, Wagon, horse-drawn wagon, just looked like right out of the National Geographic or something. It looked very old and antiquated. It was full of kids hanging on with this lady driving it. And she came there, and then he said, no, you got to go to the other camp and set up because this was already set up for us, and she was setting up for the other hunters. But it was pretty neat to see the whole family involved in it. And this was Gus's wife? Yeah, Gus's wife. So he, it was his, you know, outfitter setup. Do yeah, you, do he, you, he's the one that got involved in guiding. And so, do you have any memory of what the name of it would have been? No. Yeah. No, I don't recall any of it. That was just a whirlwind for me because you know, still grieving over Joey passing because he lived with us for a while, and I was pretty close to Joey. And then uh, here we are at a on his moose hunt, you know. So yeah, it was kind of odd. Yeah, you got a lot of emotions to deal with. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Uncle Mike and him lived together as well, and Mike found him, you know. Yeah. And my Uncle Joey, they they think his heart just stopped suddenly. Yeah. And he had just decided to be a veterinarian and was going to Oregon State University and figuring things out. And then, I, I don't know if it was in the middle of the day or something, but Mike yeah, came home and in just... in the morning. Okay. Yeah. Found him. I'm, I've always envisioned that he was just dead on the couch or something. 
But I don't know if that's how it was. But uh, he was at the dining room table and he fell out of the chair and died. Mm. He just died. Yeah. Well, we'll see him again someday. Yep, we you know? will. And uh, the guide too, Gus, was a spirit-filled Christian. And uh, Danny wasn't his nephew, you know. <laughs> but Gus said there was a missionary guy that came through there and told him all about Jesus. And mm. so he got saved, you know. And uh, I had a great talk with him because he came back by later and we sat at the campfire all night just howling at the moon, you know, and it was great. Well, and that's cool too because you're going through a grieving process and you get yeah. to meet, you know, another Christian brother that can kind of relate to you on that level, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So. He was a he was a really good guy. Yeah. And Danny was a good guy too. He was just younger and, you know. Yeah, a little more cocky probably. Yeah, he was very cocky and <laughs> told us a lot of stuff, so. So, well, let's talk about the hunt itself. So you've told me some of the stories with you and Danny. And then also, um, so Mike was sick the first day. Oh, yeah. He came down with something. He was, he couldn't get out of bed. And I said, really, Mike? It's it's our first day. He couldn't do it. I and said, how oh, many okay. days was the hunt supposed to be? Well, I, I think it just went until you got something within reason. Mm-hmm. You know, I think three or four days, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was a good area, and they said, uh, now, if you see a grizzly bear, shoot it. But I didn't have a bear tag, and I figured they were just saying, well, you guys shoot them, and then we could say, well, those guys shot them. I don't know what they were thinking. It was coming after them. So I had to be kind of careful there, and because there was a lot. It was the wilderness, you know. There was a lot of wolves and, and bears. So when you, let's talk about the hunt itself. So you went out that first day with Danny. Yeah. And take us through that story. I know you made a deal with him before you left camp. Yeah. we. Well, it was as we were going on the horse, we made the deal. Okay. And Danny was, uh, you know, he's guided enough with his, his, you know, with Gus. So he knew all about it. And he goes, uh, he's seen me keep wrestling with my rifle, getting it out of the nap of the carpet scabbard, you know. Because I wanted to make sure the sights wouldn't hang up if if I had to act fast, and he said, "You're not going to get that rifle out in time." And I said, "I'll get it out," and he goes, uh, "He says, can I shoot your moose?" And I, <laughs> it was so funny. And I go, "I said, Danny, if you think he can outshoot me, you go for it." And uh, so he was all happy. He said, "No one ever lets me shoot their moose." I said, I, "It's fine with me." Yeah, if you can beat me to it. Yeah, if you can beat me to it. And I figured he'd beat me to it, of course, because he's the guide and he's leading. So I, I thought, well, it's fine with me. I didn't have to shoot the animal. It was just a moose up the whole adventure of being out there in the woods and all that. So anyway, it was pretty funny because we went forever. It was about 10 miles from camp that we were on these horses and the forest was devastated with a Rocky Mountain pine beetle. So it was like pickup sticks. I, I couldn't believe these horses. And they were they had to be kind of rebroke when we first got there. This little Frenchman, they called him. He was just he was about a 10-year-old, 11-year-old little boy that some people just left there. When they visited him for something, maybe a hunting party, I don't know, but they left the Frenchman. 
Which is crazy. So this is well, the yeah. early 80s, and somebody just leaves this kid at who knows what age. Left this kid. I don't know what the deal was there, but they said, yeah, they left him. And now they're taking care of him. Oh, yeah, they let him just like one of the family. But he didn't speak. He was probably still traumatized, but he broke the horses all the time. He, he would do anything, you know. He so was, you got a 10-year-old breaking horses who doesn't talk. Right. Who they call the Frenchman. Yeah, so. they call him the Frenchman. So anyway, yeah, uh, we got on those horses. So they were, they were just amazing. I mean, their legs were all scarred from going through those logs and sticks. And so we're doing that. And so Danny's telling me he's not. I'm not going to be able to shoot it. I'm not going to even get my rifle out. So he's talking a little trash. He is trash talking me. I said, "You go for it, Danny. You think you can outdo me?" And I figured he would, but the funny thing was, as we, and he just had his under part of the saddle, his rifle, and it was a pretty crude rifle because he just used it like, like you would out there. Yeah, like those guys you see on TV that shoot the crocodiles with that old rusty twenty-two yeah. or whatever. Right, yeah. right. It was just, and so when we seen the moose, we came up and here was this herd of moose, not a big herd, you know, like five or six, you know, mostly cows, and there was a bull with them. And so, and they were changing positions all the time, you know, that's just a pattern they do. But anyway, he his rifle got stuck <laughs> on his saddle. I was, uh, I thought it was so funny because he couldn't get it out. And he said, if you don't drop the reins of your horse when we see a moose, then you got to walk back. And I I couldn't find my way back, so I made sure I threw the reins down. And I, I got off and was watching the moose. Well, he was focused on pulling his rifle out so he didn't see that the the, the moose took a 90 degree after they went out there so many yards. So he took off where he thought they were, and he was wrong. So I went where they were and, you know, running, jumping over the logs and seeing them. And so I pull up and shoot and it went down, and but it must have bounced right back up when I was watching my footing to run closer, you know, because I didn't see it bounce back up. And so I went a little further, and I seen it standing there, so I shot it again, and it went down. Uh, so it was two shots, and it was on the ground. Then he comes running from way left and yelling, you shot cow, you shot cow, because of the light color of a young bull. It, they don't get as dark as the big bulls, the bullwinkles, you know. They don't get the big dark beard and stuff. So anyway, then he got up there and he goes, oh, man, this is perfect. And he shook my hand. He was all happy. And then he went into automatic pilot, skinning that thing because they're huge. And he had that thing skinned out and chopped up. And I couldn't believe how fast he was. I said, you want me to give you a head? He'd go, no, no. I'd hold the legs for him, that kind of thing. But he just he just went to town. Just, Got done. Well, and if you're in bear country, you, yeah. I mean, you want to get it off the ground as soon as you can. Well, that's what he said. He said, he said the minute you get an animal down, they know. Mm -hmm. They smell it. Yeah. And they're... they're moving that way to just check it out. Even they hear the shot. It's, yeah. You know, I've heard other guys say it's ringing the dinner bell, you know. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, and those moose, I mean, the only experience I've had seeing moose is in Alaska, and they are just such a sight to see. They're so huge. Oh, yeah. compared like to a anything, horse. Yeah, compared to anything we have around here. But even, I mean, we were just in the Grand Canyon, and the elk, 
that were there. We, we ran into, I don't know, seven or eight cows and some of them had calves and stuff. And, but even just seeing an elk, cause we just don't see that many elk. Yeah. They're huge. And I, oh yeah. And, and you know, in the moose you're adding, I don't know how many more pounds on the hoof, but they're huge. Yeah. They look like a horse when you see them out there and his horse kept snorting, you know, to it. He'd swat it because that would scare the moose because they know they're on the hunt, you know. Mm. So he was trying to train that horse, and my horse had a colt with it. Oh, really? Yeah. So you got a little baby following you? Yeah. Oh. And so she had to stop and, and nurse she, every once in a while? Well, she or? was old enough, uh-huh. the, the baby. So but they were training it? Yeah. So was it attached to your horse? No. It was just walking behind? Yeah, it just followed mom. So, so are you, I mean, how? what's the, you know, describe the pace of that hunt as you're going along on those horses and you say there's, you know, a forest of trees on the ground. Yeah. Are they just barely moving or are you moving at a pretty good pace? No, they're barely moving. Those horses are going quite slow and it's it's all up to Danny, the guy, the pace. Mm-hmm. So he's looking the whole time and scouting. And then we came to the stream and uh, my horse just went down on her knees to get a drink, and I thought she was throwing me off because I'm not a horseback rider. Right. Uh, this was all fairly new. So I had to lean way back. I was practically laying on her. <laughs> just to keep from getting just thrown off. Just to keep off. from falling off. And she gets a big drink and then gets back up. I said, man, these these are beasts, these horses. <laughs> they, they don't miss a beat. Well, she we're not, was a sweet horse. We're she not little guys good. either. So, no. I mean, that's a strong animal to be able to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, describe the country a little bit. So what are we talking terrain-wise? Is it high elevation? Are you going up and down? Is it similar? Like the pictures that I saw online for at least the Williams Lake area looked similar to around here, kind of. Yeah. I mean, it was... Yeah, it's... The the only thing is there's so much timber down from the Rocky Mountain pine beetle devastation, mm-hmm. the forest, you know, it was cleaning it out. That's why all the trees were down, like pickup sticks, you know. Mm-hmm. So... But it was, other than that, it was, you were up and down at different times, but nothing bad. Yeah, it, so wasn't it wasn't real steep or canyony or none of that. So Was it rocky where you had to worry about the horse sliding or losing uh, footing or anything? Some areas would have a little bit of rock, but not a lot. It was mostly just forest and brush and just crunching along kind of, and they were trying to... He was trying to teach him to where to walk and be quiet because he's was training the horse that he was on. As you go. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I know my memory of a story, and I don't you'll have to correct me if this isn't correct, but yeah. um was Uncle Mike, I don't know if you were in camp or where you were at, but I remember you saying you could see Uncle Mike like on a hillside walking across, and then a while later you'd seen a bear go through there. I don't know if I have that right or if it's no, before. No, that's a different hunt. Oh, okay. That was a hunt we actually went with. Uh, I I know Kathy's mom was with us. I don't know if Joe was there. Hmm. Grandpa, I don't think so. Was that? But that was a whole different area, a whole different hunt. And that was steep, steep land. And uh, I went walking out of the place where he seen the bear just go into it. Okay. So they saw you following the bear, basically. Well, they seen me coming out right where the bear went in. Oh, and they, And I, I mean, the forest just turned dead quiet. And there was fresh scratches on the trees. So I was right there with him. So I said, uh-oh. So I got in the center where I wouldn't be close to brush. 
But this is back in Oregon then? Uh, I don't think it was in Oregon, but was it? I honestly don't remember where that was, that hunt. I always wondered about that because I I wanted to do a glider. You know, you get in a glider because they had that. Oh, that option there? They'd take you up and let you glide around in a plane. So this is a hunt with Grandma, Mike, was Mom there? Yeah. Okay. It was a funny kind of thing. I don't know even know what we were doing, really. So that story, to me, was always on this moose hunt. That's where No, it's not with the moose hunt. Not connected at all. Not connected. Oh, so then, um, do you remember? I mean, this is obscure, but mosquitoes. Was there a lot of mosquitoes there? No. So it wasn't for that. some reason I didn't notice the bugs. Huh. No. So and you get your moose on the ground that first day, opening day. Yeah. And you're back at camp with moose meat. I'm assuming. And- well, it wasn't that easy because we were ten miles out. Oh, geez. And Danny had to go get the pack horses. So he said, I'm going to go get the pack horses. And I said, well, yeah, we can do that. And he said, no, you got to stay and guard the meat. <laughs> and I said, oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> In case the bears come, I'll be here. So he wanted you to stay. I had to stay because uh-huh. he knows the way back, and he yeah. can go faster without me. Sure. And so he went to get the pack horses, and it started snowing. You so know, you're so. with this horse and her colt left behind, and you're horse 308 guarding this moose. Yeah, guarding the moose, and... Tied up the horse, and then I fell fall asleep because the snow was just coming. It was so peaceful. You know, you'd hear wolves calling each other. They were talking because they knew there was a, you know, meat mm. like the dinner bell. You know, yeah. So you could hear them calling and moving. And I said, "Well, I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to sleep because I had my rifle, but it was so peaceful too." Just the, the setting, you know, kind of lulled you to sleep. So I, I went with it and fell asleep because I was tired by then trying to stay on the horse, you know. Well, yeah, if you're not used to riding a horse, even going that far, just the motion of riding a horse is oh, hard yeah. on you, yeah. you know. And it was great. It was a fun time. And see, then the next day, after we got back, we got to meet back, no that nothing. Late that night or? Yeah. Okay. We had to move he said, we got to get going because he was concerned as it started to get dark because that's how long it all took. It was starting to get dark. He said, we got to be in camp before it's dark. <laughs> I said, okay. So he said, we got to go kind of quick. And he had all the meat tied on the pack horses. And we made it back to camp and hung it up. And that was it. And then he could relax. And he was pretty tired, Danny, because he, he did all the work, really. And so he he goes to sleep and he said, I'll see you in the morning. I said, okay. And it was so funny because uh, I was going to sleep in because I was tired. I had to stay in camp to guard the meat anyway. Mm-hmm. And so Mike was going out. He was well enough to go. So he gets up and he opens a a box of donuts and has it there with some instant coffee and some hot water or something. Because you had to feed these guides. This was not a deluxe thing. They weren't taking care of you. No. I mean, they were, but, you know. They were as far as hunting. Yeah. But you had to provide everything else. You had to feed the guides. and. Uh, so you oh. guys provided the food for the guides. Yeah. Okay. And so, and you so, went deluxe with some donuts and instant coffee. Yeah, he just opened that up, and Danny just 
turned around out of the out of the house we were in, you know, in the motorhome, and then he, Mike said, "Geez, what's the matter with him?" And I said, "Well, go talk to him. I, he's not shy. He'll tell you exactly what's the matter with him." I knew what was the matter with him, yeah, because the day before for breakfast I cooked hash browns, uh, eggs, bacon, fresh coffee. You know, you made it nice for him. Bread. Well, yeah. yeah, I made a real hearty breakfast because he's going on this hunt. Yeah, and Mike, you know, opened up the donuts, opened up donuts, and threw a I'd, pack of instant coffee at him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he went out there. Danny was around the fire, and he said, "What's the matter?" And Danny just said, "No food, no hunt." That's the way he said it. <laughs> and Mike came back in there and told me what he said. And I just started laughing. I said, I knew, Mike, you can't do that. I said, do you remember what I cooked for him? He said, well, yeah, but... And I said, well, start cooking. Yeah. Because the eggs were frozen in the shell. You had to melt them in the pan before you could fry them. And so he did. Mike cooked for him and then said, okay. And he came in and ate, and then he was happy, you know. Then so he was ready to He was ready to take him hunting. But so it got a late start for that second day, probably. Well, a little bit, but not too bad. But I didn't blame Danny, you know, because Mike was just assuming I just... And that wasn't good. So Mike... And Mike had to learn some of that because Joey always took all of that. Well, and, you know, I mean, you, you would have been, what, 28 years old or something then? Uh, was I that old? Well, because you were what? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. You would have yeah. been 28, 29 probably. Yeah. And then Mike was, would have been, how much younger is he? Five years. Probably. So he'd be like 24. Yeah. So I mean, you're, you're kind of kids out there, you yeah. know? So you haven't, you've had a little more real world experience oh, yeah. compared to Mike. Well, but, yeah, we could cook growing up because if I ever told my mom I'm hungry, she'd say, me too, cook me something while you're at it. Yeah. So all us kids learned to cook. You know, we just, at least you could handle a frying pan and carve some venison and sling it in there, you know. Well, and Mike, you know, is the baby of the family. Yeah. So, you know, at, whenever you're the baby of the family. He every, was. You know, everybody's kind of took care of you. So, you yeah. you know, those first times having to do things yourself, it's not yeah. that easy. It was so. fun watching him do that because he, he worked it out. So, yeah. he's capable. He so, just didn't have to do it with Joey around. So do you know much about, did he get his moose on that second day then too? Did he end yeah. up getting one that day? Yeah, he got one. He got a nice bullwinkle, you know, a nice web, a bigger. Bull. Well, I remember that bull was taxidermied at grandma's kind of by the fireplace. Yeah. Was that the same bull? Yeah. So it was always just sitting there, you know, for years. I'm sure it's still around somewhere. Yeah, but, I don't know where it is, but. Yeah, but that was you know, it was always a cool thing to see as a kid. The, a big, oh, yeah. Those big old nose on a, you know, with a paddle and all that. And so um, do you remember, you know, do you know the story of his hunt at all? Uh, not too much. I can't recall too much, but he said it wasn't bad, and they just went out kind of the same area that we went, you know, because there was a lot of game out in there. And, yeah, he seen that thing. I think it was by a pond or a, a bit of a water, marshy area mm -hmm. where he came up on it. So, Yeah, and did you guys see any uh, 
Any of the predators out there? Do you see any no. wolves or bears or anything? No, I heard them, but I never seen them. Mm. And uh, just heard the wolves, you know, as they were coming around. How about other wildlife? Was there? Oh yeah, deer yeah. or porcupines or foxes or anything. Well, there like was that? grouse. Okay. And they were all around our camp. And so while I was waiting the next day, you know, after my hunt, I thought I'd get a grouse and I brought a uh, pistol, pump, pellet, pellet pistol. And so I shot two or three grouse with that pellet pistol because they, they fly up in a tree and they just sit there and you can get them pretty easy. So we ate those. You know. Well, there's nothing better eating than a grouse. I think. Oh, it's like a chicken, yeah. Yeah, they're so good. good. And, well, yeah, you were telling me that Danny was trying to get that pistol off of you. Because maybe at that time in Canada, and I don't know if it's still that way, but it's hard to get a pistol in Canada. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't have pistols. Even though it was a pellet? See, I don't know what the laws were on a pellet gun, Mm. but no, uh, you know, handguns for sure. Well, he probably saw you were putting grouse in camp and was like, hey, that'd be handy. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't want to get him in trouble or do anything illegal, too. So I said, no, nah, I'm not going to give you that. You know? Yeah. Well, that was smart. Yeah. They don't mess around, you know, with firearms and no. bullets. No, it's we, different. Yeah. Canada is a little, little tougher. Yeah. Different laws. And if you don't know what they are, you don't want to go messing with that. So, so did you bring most of that meat home, or did you leave some with them? Or no, we brought it all home. We threw it in there, and uh, did you freeze it? Did they freeze it for you? Or oh, what? it was so cold in that camper; it was like it was freezing anyway. So yeah, we just drove the heater off, kept it cold. So, and I remember we'd stop and sleep, you know, because he couldn't make that whole trip. Well, yeah, you've got. Thousand pounds of moose meat you're bringing home. Yeah, you had to step over that to get outside and stuff. So, (laughs) I bet though the ride home you're feeling like, okay, we got this done. I mean, that has. Yeah. Whenever you go on a hunt, especially for an animal you've never hunted in like a foreign land, you're kind of like, man, I hope this works out. I mean, I felt that way about my antelope hunt because I anticipated it for so long. Finally, get the tag. You know, and until you fill that tag, there's this pressure to get it done. Yeah. But also, like, you want to be successful because it's there's so much buildup. Oh, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And the thing is, too, you know, you like the whole experience of being out there, but this trip was so fast and had to go, got to have a scabbard. We're on horses, by the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you improvise and... uh so, and you're grieving too, you know, because this was Joey's hunt and he yeah. passed away. So it's like, uh, it was a funny kind of feeling, you know, I was, had a lot of mixed emotions. And so I was, it was a bit surreal to mm-hmm. me quite often throughout the whole trip. But it was, I was glad we went and we, because he would have lost his hunt, Mike. And so if we didn't go. Yeah, I would have gone to waste basically if you yeah. didn't go. And I mean, an adventure that you really can't recreate something like that today. Oh, with no. that, just the the people you were with, and the I mean, this is a long time ago, just a totally different era in hunting. Oh yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It was funny, and this these guys were so funny because their ropes were as many knots as there was anything else because they just didn't 
replace anything until they absolutely had to. And I can relate to that. I'm that way myself, you know. So. Yeah. Well, I can appreciate that too, guys yeah. that just make it work. You they know, do. They made it work with whatever they had. And it was pretty good. They were quite amazing as guides. I really appreciated them. Yeah, man. That's a cool, cool trip. What a cool experience to have. Oh, yeah. And when I researched it a little bit, I'm like, shoot. I could go on one of these. It's not terribly expensive, you know, yeah, and yeah, pretty high could. success. It'd probably be totally different, you know. I, who knows? Well, but, yeah, I don't know how things evolved and changed, but you wouldn't be making a scabbard out of a chunk of carpet. You probably know? not, <laughs> no. You know, you'd do two clicks on Amazon, and it'd be on your porch, you yeah, know, the next day, yeah. and you'd be ready to go. Yeah, it's a different world because there wasn't cell phones or nothing. You, you go out there, like, I, no communication with Kathy back home, you know. You're just... Off and going. But that's part of the adventure, too, I think. Is it is. That, you know, hey, I just, we're just going to go for this and see yeah. what happens. Uh, you you know? can really embrace everything because it's a different world. Like nowadays, you can be tied in working your business while you're out there hunting. See? Yeah. And it's just a, there you couldn't. Right. You had to be in the moment, present in what you were doing. Yeah. Which is nice, really. It is nice. And also, you know, as a spiritual element, you know, when you're out there alone and, you know, in that case where your garden's the meat. Oh, yeah. You get some opportunity to talk to God. And, I mean, you've always been a guy that's always talking to God. And so oh, I imagine yeah. there was part of that. Oh, yeah. Too. I prayed a lot, you know, yeah. at different different junctures, you know, and had great talk with Gus about God. And, yeah, I mean, you're asking, I'm always praying for safety or success or whatever. Or you're just enjoying the beauty of the natural world that's around you you know so yeah well uh let's shift gears a little bit so we covered the moose hunting uh that's funny that my whole it's funny the things that your, <laughs> your whole life that you don't ask the question so a couple things number one always just associated that time with mike walking through or i always pictured mike walking through a clearing and then this bear walking that's how i remember it right totally didn't happen that way no as, that wasn't even on that hunt no as we cleared that up and then i always pictured uncle joey passing away on the couch i mean that was i always pictured mike coming in from something and finding him on the couch yeah so and i don't think i ever asked those yeah. questions you he know was on the, yeah so it's just it's funny that those those little things that you just never ask questions. Here I am, forty-four years old, and still yeah. uh, still figuring out stuff. So, <laughs> see, I have to get you on a podcast to figure some of the stuff. Oh, out. I know, because yeah. I I've never really talked about the hunt, you know. Yeah. So. Well, and so we're going to shift gears a little bit, and we're going to talk about uh, your big four point that you got uh, in the Ochicos with Uncle Billy. And so, you know, growing up, this was a hunt that all of us kids had been on. So we were. I think Seth and I were there, um, and maybe Alex too. I'm not sure. And then all, a bunch of the cousins, and we had all gone home, you know. And I think a few bucks were killed, but nothing crazy big or anything. And and you and Uncle Billy stayed behind. I think he, I don't know if he had a tag still or if you had the tag. I think you probably both still had tags. Yeah, I think we both had tags still. And I mean, shoot, I was probably 17 or 18. Um, because I've, I've got the picture of once you got home with it. But anyway, you guys, we got a trumpet going off. That's my phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I forgot to turn mine off earlier too. I'll turn it uh, off. Yeah, but we'll check it. Maybe it's mom, who knows? Well, yeah, probably. Better is. make sure it's not yeah, something. It's Kathy. 
Ah, did you make it to work? Oh, I don't know. She's talking to... Um, I'll turn it off. She's talking to Naomi. Oh, gotcha. You're on a group text or something? Unfortunately. You don't love the group text. I do I not like the group text. I don't, <laughs> I don't like them at all. Yeah, because you get a, everybody chatters and then it's oh, blowing you up. I got five sisters and they're all talking about this and that. And then everybody's saying, I like this. I love that. And I'm thinking, what the heck? How come I'm getting the rings when you're talking to Holly? Cindy's talking, you know. Yeah. And then they react with a little heart emoji or something yeah. and you get that too. Yeah. yeah. And it's okay. I understand it's just communication, but... Uh, they're not really talking to me. So I say, well, I can't really answer that. So. <laughs> you should just start answering. Yeah. You know, that makes it more fun. <laughs> but you also, uh, you guys generally have not been great communicators. No. You know, as no. a family. So it's good that you have a way to communicate. It is good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is good because I love all my siblings. So, yeah. Well, let's shift gears and talk about this. Um, the lake deer, trout. Deer, yeah. The <laughs> yeah. deer hunt. So you're. <laughs> You know, I guess describe kind of what you guys were up to and how it led to you getting this big mule deer. And when I look back at the pictures, I and mean, we've killed some big bucks, um, but this buck, you know, body size. Oh, it was huge. It was just giant. And I mean, it's, didn't you guys, it wouldn't even hang on our original deer pole. You had to do another pole. And, yeah, I mean, we had to. But let's set the scene of how you even got him in the first place. Okay. Well, we were... After everybody left, we said, okay. Uh, we were goofing around, you know. We said, okay, we got rid of the bad penny. Now we can go get a big buck. And we were just shooting the breeze with each other. And Billy said, let's go to town and get some supplies. So we were going into town. And then. So before we need to elaborate on the bad penny. So that's a family <laughs> way of saying once. You know, the kids are out of your hair, or maybe somebody came to camp that you didn't want in camp. Once they're gone, and it's like kind of the shiksa or whatever is right. off of the hunt, and you right. can get back to just focusing on hunting. Yeah, yeah. And it was too. Uh, and it's not necessarily a mean thing. It's no, just it was just we were being playful about it, but yeah. uh, it was just funny. We were goofing around because we didn't. We were kind of wanting to keep hunting for some reason. Usually, we would be ready to go home too, but. We just felt to stay. And so so we went into town, got some supplies, and on the way back, I seen this big buck down way down to the right in this tall grass. And I go, hey, Billy, take the next right. The next right you can find. And so we went, and he, he turns into this lake, this dry lake bed. And... uh I said, okay, come on, now get ready. And there's a huge buck, the biggest one I ever seen around here. And so we're walking down, trying to be quiet. And I said, no, just get ready. It's right in here. And then this buck just lurches up, you know. And I said, how weird is that? Because it was right there. I could have just popped it. But I said, are you sure this is legal to hunt right here? And we were getting the synopsis out and going through it while this buck is there, and we're debating back and forth and talking because there was houses up there awful close by that lake. So we were like in a fishbowl, and all these hunters were at this restaurant, and they came to the window, and they had their hands on their hips, you know, because it was about noon, high noon, you know. Everybody's having lunch or a late breakfast. And so... I said, this is so weird. And uh, 
we were away from the restaurant, but it had that big window, you know, to look. Yeah, you're the lake. you're feeling like everybody's watching you, right? And they were those hunters. <laughs> and then, uh, and Billy said, "No, it's legal." And I, I kept debating. He said, "If you don't shoot it, I'm going to shoot it." I said, "I got it." Okay, so I shot, you know, and then it spun out of sight. And we go, what? And because we didn't realize how tall the grass was until we got up there, and the grass was, you know, right up to our chest. And so here's this great big buck laying there, you know, and all this grass around him. It was a beautiful buck. And so we said, man, what a buck, you know. And so we. <laughs> We did what we had to do to make it ready, you know. And uh, I said, I can't, I can't deal with this here, Billy. I can't. Everybody's looking at us. Yeah. You know, I felt like that. And he said, no, I hate it too. I said, let's just haul it away and we'll gut it down the road because we weren't that far from camp. Mm -hmm. And so we about broke our backs getting it in. We had to take his tailgate off and make a ramp. It was goofy the standard when you had the brothers when we had your brothers on here the last time they were talking about uh tailgate ramp so that's a standard go-to <laughs> yeah. in the williams family <laughs> <laughs> it's bad when you're doing that because yeah. it's just like oh come on you can't even get it up in there but but yeah i mean that's a heavy oh especially with, with the, the guts. guts yeah yeah it yeah. was tremendous i said oh, we shouldn't have done that but we did then we take it back to our old camp where we always were, you know, and then, of course, some hunters come by because they see it hanging. They came in there and said, what the, where'd you get that? Well, it just wandered in on us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty funny. And then the reason the buck acted so bizarre is because it was wounded. And so when I shot, it was just crouching back down, winding at springs for one last run to get away from us. And then I shot it. But the uh, reality was it, was it was leg hit by mm. somebody. So somebody had gimped him, shot yeah, him in the... Yeah, somebody shot him in the leg, got mm. a bad shot. And then as we were going, we looked in the, and we seen some hunter looking in the brush and stuff. And it probably was the guy that shot it. And he mm. was tracking it, you know, by the blood. But he was quite a ways away from him. That's how far that animal went. Well, yeah, and if you shoot a big mule deer in the leg, I mean... You're never yeah. going to catch up to that. Yeah. You know. Oh, they're powerful, you know. Unless it's, you get an artery or something, you know, that ain't going to go too far. But, yeah, that was the craziest thing because we couldn't believe that thing was right there. Well, and if you guys were already in a goofy mood and then, you know, you're you're barely back to camp yeah, and you get this monster, probably one of the biggest bucks, yeah, you know, out of that area that we'd ever got and, uh, you know, you're, I mean, I got to imagine you guys were just giddy because I oh, know how you guys can get. We and, were crazy because yeah. we kept looking in the back of the truck. We said, look at that thing. Cause we, <laughs> we were having a great time, you know, it was so funny. Well, yeah, and the pictures, I mean, you guys posed with this thing like it was a celebrity. You oh, know? I, I mean, they're so, <laughs> I've never, all grown up, you know, you'd get one picture of a deer usually. Yeah. You know, there was one picture with everything and, you, you know, honestly, we didn't do a great job of that a lot no, of times. No, we didn't. Because, you know, you get these memories and you have one picture of it and it, you have all these other memories in your head, which is fine. But with that one, you guys definitely weren't shy on the pictures. Oh, you no, got a lot of Put it in the grapevine at Charlie's house and yeah, Charlie posed. Once you guys you know. got home. Yeah. Because yeah. 
Because Charlie left before us, you know, like yeah. when you guys left. So yeah, but it was funny. Well, I know we as kids when you guys got home and yeah, I got one. You know, we were all excited to come down there and check it oh, out. Oh yeah. So yeah. there's a picture of us all kind of holding the the head. But yeah, it was um, quite a deer. Oh yeah. And I mean, the biggest one we had seen growing up. Oh, for it was sure. the biggest one I ever got. You know. Yeah. The one that was. Uh, Bigger than that was the one we found that someone shot, and it was laying. That three-point? Laying down that great big monster that Billy took home, but it was no good. Mm. <laughs> we debated on, you know, how fresh of a kill it was, but we missed it because he said he cooked something, he put it in there, and the whole house reeked. Mm. So he said, no, that whole animal was no good. Yeah, that's no, not yeah. what you want. No. To use your tag on, you know. No. So but, anyway. But yeah, I mean, that was kind of the pinnacle of that unit for us, really. I mean, after oh, yeah. that, it was like we, I mean, we went back a few more times. And I know I had an opportunity at a really big old reverted fork and horn with Charlie his first year, but I missed him. And uh, yeah. You know, it was, there's still some big bucks running oh, around. There are. They'll, those pass through there. You mm -hmm. know, they'll migrate at different years. Well, and you guys were there, what, last year, and you got into a couple of them. So. Yeah. Yeah, we got. Nice four point. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's it's funny how everything cycles back around, too. I feel like this year, just the amount of bucks that I'm seeing in velvet just around here, mm -hmm. or I was over on the east side last week and I was talking to Dylan actually on the phone as I was driving um, the, through my truck and I'm like, man, there's a monster six point. And I don't know, you know, when they're in velvet, who knows oh, I know. how many points yeah. it had. They look huge. They do. You know, and uh, but I knew it was at least four and it looked like it had some extra stuff yeah. hanging out. And it was just right on the Ben Redmond Highway, hmm. Highway 97, just off to the side, you know, on private property. I mean, oh, he probably yeah. never leaves the private, yeah. you know. <laughs> Hangs out. Yeah, but I just feel like I'm seeing a lot of nice bucks. So I know the winter was hard in a lot of parts of the country, but I don't think oh, as yeah. far as Oregon animals, I feel like they're looking pretty good. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, I think it'll be a fine year, you know. Yeah. It's just hard to get tags all the time where you want to hunt. Well, yeah, exactly. I know we're planning, Dylan's been planning this uh, eastern hunt. You know, he figured I had a hundred percent chance. His wife had a hundred percent chance, and then our cousin Jacob, Chris's son, also had a hundred percent chance. Mm -hmm. And so he figured, okay, we're going to get those three tags no matter what. Yeah. And so he's been planning it since like January or February. Oh yeah, you gotta yeah. see. That's the thing. I'm not used to planning. When we grew up, you just got a deer tag, and and you hunted the entire state wherever you wanted to hunt. Yeah. And then they divided it eastern, western. Well, it seemed like it was just eastern and western before they put it in different areas, but maybe not. But no, they, I think you're probably were right. I mean, everything seems like it's gradual. You know, they do a yeah. little bit here and a little bit there, trying to figure out. And now you got to be in a certain things. area. You know? Yeah, and there was a meeting while I was out of town. The Department of Fish and Wildlife had a different. You know, they were going to put out the the amount of tags per unit. And then the season and all their, I guess they do this meeting every year, but you're allowed to go, you know, either join it electronically or you can go to one of these meetings um, and just hear about why they're doing what they're doing. So yeah. who knows? I mean, it's a complicated thing. 
And it you, when you got a migratory animal like a mule deer, which is mostly what we've hunted, it's you know the other what the other states do is going to make a difference too. Oh yeah, know? yeah. And you also have I think some of them are residents that don't ever leave the state. Oh, I do too. I'm convinced yeah. that like not everything migrates. Like no. some of them just hang out and spend their whole lives in a seven square mile area. Who knows? Yeah, but. Anyway, well, um, I appreciate you coming on and telling those stories. And, uh, you know, we'll do it again. We'll try to get your brothers on here again. Oh, yeah. Get those guys. Get my kids going in the morning one of these days, too. (laughs) We'll have to do an evening podcast. Well, they had to be tired. I knew they were going to be tired. Yeah, they were. Michael did one with me a while back, but we just aired it recently because it was kind of in the vault, if you will, and then I decided okay. to go ahead and put it out there. And we, he and I had fun doing it. Yeah. So. Well, that's what you got to do more than once so he gets, you know, used to speaking and talking and having fun. Yeah. I, well, and I just need to go out and have some more adventures with him so we yeah. have something to talk oh, about yeah. because yeah. it's hard. It's hard to get kids motivated to get out and do something because there's that instant gratification they can get from other things, yeah. you know, and learning that patience and, like you said, like, such a different time with technology than it used to be yeah. for, for our kids and for all of us, you know. You know, it'd been good if you could uh, even take this stuff out into the woods and uh, do a thing like that, like casting for kids. You know, you could have walked around and interviewed some of those kids because that's really funny. Oh, yeah. Well, we tried. Yeah, so yeah. We, we tried to bring this on John's bachelor party camping trip. We brought all oh, this yeah. equipment. We never took it out of the box. So, I mean, we brought it, but it was like, you know, just trying to get motivated to pull it all out oh, and hook it up. Um, yeah. We just couldn't do it. Yeah. But I do think eventually maybe we'll get to that place. But yeah, that you came out on that cast for kids thing. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I did a podcast that same day we had been out there and I could just hear it in my voice how happy that made me fishing with oh, those kids. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I think you had the same experience. Oh, I did. It was wonderful. You know? you know, it was day after your birthday and you got, you know, the, I mean, those kids were so sweet and yeah. the, the way that they were loving on. I mean, and Jay told us that, you know, Jay yeah. yelled us before we went there. He's like, you're going to get more out of it than the kids. The kids. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, you know. I mean, I yeah. love fishing, so I'm always, but yeah, I mean, just the way that those kids treated oh, us yeah. was... That- the guy I was with, he wouldn't let me touch his pole except at certain times. You know, yeah. I say, here, I can cast that because he'd drop the bobber at his feet. and He'd go, no, I got it. I got it. He just wanted to do it. It was so cute. He, he just did a great job. But well, he was a so sweet, sweet little guy, too. Yeah. I mean, he was just hugging on you by the end of it. He hardly, you know, didn't want to let you go. So. Oh, yeah. They're good was, kids. Yeah, it was neat. Well, cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely do it again. All right. um, Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, and you still got time to get to church. That was the goal. Yeah, I'll make it to church. Maybe even take Uncle Bobby. There you go. Well, yeah, we get him on here and tell us about his brewery in Germany. How they were in Germany. And there are certain uh, guys that are hunters. You can't just be a hunter there. And then you can't, if you run over a deer or something you got to report to the landowner and work it out they mm-hmm. take it real seriously game there well yeah there's, different... there's not a lot i don't think i don't think so yeah i don't really know but yeah it's a whole different thing over yeah. on the and it depends the on where you're at and stuff yeah. so anyway all right well i love you dan all right love you too <laughs>